Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. What's up? One of these days, I'm going to introduce you first, man, but not today. I wasn't even ready for it. Still not today. I was still sitting back. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. (laughs) That's right. We are are caffeinated and uh, ready to go. Uh, Robbie's got a cup with him. What what are we drinking today? Which beans are those? This is the Berman Coffee's uh, Standard Espresso Blend. The the Espresso Blend. Yeah, so he does that, and he does a jumpstart blend. I need to look and see. I'm not even sure what beans he puts in his Espresso Blend, but it is... Super yummy, delicious. What's the di- so? What's the difference in the jump start? Um, uh, higher a combination of beans that have a higher caffeine content. Uh, okay, so it's supposed to be, but and we got it. And I think it was psychosomatic. We were like, "Yeah, man, this has really got me going." But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking to order some some bulk beans, check them yeah, out. Yeah, man, Berman, oh, Berman's Berman's Berman awesome. Coffee Trader. We've been doing business with him for years, and they're awesome. Um, small shop, so he's uh, it can be in communication with you real and, quick. And he and, he like I, I follow him follow follow him on uh instagram i mean he's oh, taking legit, trips man. he's taking yeah. trips like once a quarter yeah sourcing goes beans down and, and sources beans and if you're into single origin stuff and roasting your own single origin stuff and you want to do regular brews because you know you don't want to be throwing single most single origins don't hold up well in espresso right uh just brings out whatever that character is in the coffee it comes out way too much and it just it gets all unbalanced and weird tasting but um if you're into single origin brew type stuff, if you got a, a yeah, like brewer in a, in, in or a, a Chemex or Chemex, something, yeah, Aeropress, you know, all all the other other ways, man, he's got a rotating variety of single origin mm-hmm. beans. That the only the only thing I don't like about it sometimes we'll find one. Remember, uh, um, oh, the Yergachev. The Yer- there was a good Yergachev, and then there was a Huey Huey Tenango, like Don Julio, Don yes, Julio, Don yeah, Julio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what any of those words and, mean, and it's gone. 
and it was yeah. so good. It, and, and then it I went to a, go order it yeah. again, and it was not there. But anymore. I mean, I he prob- yeah, since. he probably he he probably went and got some and got a yep. you know fifty pound bag or whatever. And yep. so that's the the benefit yeah. and the pitfall of, yeah. of sourcing your own beans and and getting stuff like that. You like fall but, in love with something, and yeah. yeah. But he's um, central, kind of centrally located in the in the United States. So it's yeah. he's in Wisconsin. So it's it's easy to. Get we're, beans anywhere because we were ordering them from like California, Sweet Maria, awesome place too. Where we cool got our too. roaster, yeah. 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 But it took them a, a while good to 10 ship days usually to get us our beans. Yeah. So I'm just not good about staying on top of it. Like right now, I just I roasted the last of our of our coffee last night or night before last, and so need to order beans. I should yeah. have ordered them. We've prior we've, to that. We've talked about doing like a little uh, coffee thing for the end of the year, kind of uh, a little small batch. Yeah, a little small batch coffee thing. If you're listening to this and you're interested in something like that, hit us up on Twitter at Chrome One Box. Let us know if you want if you want to buy Chrome a little Box box blend. Yeah, of the custom roast. Yeah. What it, we 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 had a we had a fun name for it. Chrome. Were we going to call it Chromium something or no? I don't remember. I'm not sure. I don't remember now. Well, we're, we're I, I guess now that I brought it up, I guess we're crowdsourcing we're names good. too. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a cool name for our coffee. Chromium blend. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, all right, let's let's hop Ooh, right it in. Just be called open sourced. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, that's they, that's what uh, we were gonna do. We were gonna do open right, sourced. Yeah, yeah. we're we're all yeah, Linux yeah. based here. That's right, open source. So, hey, and while before we get actually talk about what we came to talk about here, uh, my new coffee cup is really awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. It. So Gabe went and jumped in on this thing. I've looked at one that's similar that uh, I've seen at a couple Starbucks and almost went and bought one. I was just like, mm, I don't know, because it's French press-ish. Yeah, uh, very So much. My, my concern was once you've pressed the coffee out, like it was going to continue to steep in the bottom of the cup and it would ruin the cup, but it not really the case. Yeah, Maybe so it, physics so, are involved yeah, here. So it's, just a, it's a double-walled cup. Uh, you put your ground coffee in it, like a medium, about what you'd put in a regular brew, but then you let it steep for three minutes, and then the insert for the cup has a built-in, like, it's all, it looks very similar to a, a portafilter off of an espresso machine, mm-hmm. and you just press it down like you would a French press, and then it keeps the grounds in the bottom, but the, the filter is fine enough that once you've stopped putting pressure on it, the you're not getting steeping to continue once you've pressed it down. So I've had a cup in it. It stays hot forever, so it's a great cup in general. But I've sipped on a cup for almost two hours, and it didn't get stronger. It wasn't bitter or anything like that. It's pretty neat. It's uh, it's press, P-R-E-S-S-E. And it's called the bobble. What was the What was that manual espresso press that we were looking at the other day? What was the name of that thing? Start with an F. Yeah. I don't know, man. Shoot. We went down a rabbit hole the other day looking yeah, at manual espresso, uh, like portable. A reader, a reader sent that over and said, "Hey, if yeah, you're into this out. like super crazy stuff, like check this one out." Uh, yeah, completely manual espresso press that's actually portable. Comes with a case. Yeah, it has like a little. It has like a little hard shell carrying case. This is this is when I think that we need to do an entire like spin off brand, you know, coffee unboxed and oh, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it a YouTube fun. channel and a and a podcast <laughs> all about coffee. One day. One day when Flair. we have Flare. That's it. right. So that's the company right. is called Flare. I mean it's a big old thing. Like it looks like some sort of it, stamping it, it apparatus. It's super or something. well made though. Like yeah. very well made. Yeah, top tier, but for I think it's like $150, $175, something yeah. like that. You I mean 
that for the house or something. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. You're not going to find something to pull you a good espresso shot for that price. Yeah, like that just doesn't exist. But then, anywhere. like, we got to thinking about it, and that we watched a review online, and the guy, you know, there's just so much other cleanup and setup. Yeah, because getting the grinds in there, and you know, it's all kind of finicky, and yeah, so it's so obviously one, not this as is, this is something you would want at home for the weekends. Right, it's not something you use every day. Correct. Even. Yeah, yeah, if it was like if you were worked at home and you pulled two or three shots of espresso a day, I wouldn't recommend yeah. that. But go get a Breville. We yeah, love our Breville. For, for, uh, for me, though, I, I only have coffee at home a couple times uh, each week. For the weekends, I'm, yeah. yeah. A cup or two, or maybe on a Saturday, and usually on Sunday I don't even have any. But uh, So, yeah, that, that, I'm interested in it for the house. But, man, yeah. it's, it's kind of big. It is. So it it takes take up a lot of space. Yeah, so it's like crap. <laughs> so I it's like, do you want to? Do you want a regular espresso machine? Right. Get that little you, baby Breville one. Yeah, exactly. And then do you want to? Then do you want to like? If you put that thing up there, are you gonna like take it down? Down when you're not using it? And yeah, no. Then way. it's like, is it worth it? Yeah. Anywho, but it still looked really neat. All right, coffee unboxed. Yeah. Uh, that that that's our intro segment here. Maybe we'll start the podcast every week with uh, what coffee we're drinking. Yeah. Um. So let's hop right into the uh, Pixelbook Go. So we've got it sitting right here on uh, the table. And man, this thing is impressive. We um, we've got a video uh, that should be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, yeah. we, we we didn't yeah. want to do a full review, and I'll let you kind of explain here. Um, but this thing is uh, this thing is uh, unique. It is it is it's it's so it, it it's what we've talked about on this podcast before. It's the distilled experience. Yes. So it's not super unique in that regard, but it's no. it's unique in that it's so simple and it's just a, a great premium device and it's so light and thin and yeah. And I'm reminded uh, I unboxed a device or got one open um, today, just this morning, and I'm not going to say what it is uh, so that I can <laughs> be completely frank right now with you. Um, and this particular device is one that's not cheap um, nope. and is aimed uh, at people that would not expect like super cheap, flimsy devices. So It's aimed at Mac, Mac users, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and, and people who are working class adults, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Got it out. Um, and it's <clears throat> on the spec sheet, all aluminum, glass trackpad, IPS screen, you know, fills out the spec sheet, finger sheet, I'm giving away. <laughs> I'm giving away something. Anyway, whatever. Um <laughs> So it's got some great specs, and you expect to get it out, and it feel the part. And so on paper, it's looks great. Yeah, um, get the thing out of the box, you know. And I mean, heck, we were, you know, shaving with the the edges. Yeah. on the bottom. I it's mean, rough. like sharp, like uncomfortably sharp. I literally walked into the office. Robbie had shaving cream on yeah. his face. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> man, a, I didn't shave this morning. Getting a quick so trim. Yeah, I mean, we're going to slice some tomatoes with it later just <laughs> yeah. to see how sharp it is. Yeah, so. yeah. see just how much pressure we got to put on it. Um, the trackpad, I, I actually took man. the bottom off the device to see if I could adjust it because it was bothering me so bad because I'm like, this is going to annoy the heck out of me. And if you've watched our videos or know anything about my leanings with trackpads, I don't ask a whole lot. It doesn't have to be glass. I mean, no, we've had some really nice non glass trackpads in here. There's some that get made out of metal or whatever. I don't know what materials they use. The HP 14, it's got that texture on it, and it's a yeah, yeah, that little cheap one. It was fine, it was was just fine. This is this is bad, but it's the texture is great. It's a gorilla glass trackpad, great size of it, great click mechanism actually feels good too, but it's 
the way it's situated in there and I couldn't get to the actual thing because like the inside of it had a whole plastic surround that's built into the base of the Chromebook. So there's so you, no adjusting. I so can't, can't fix it. it. Right. So j- just for, you know, so you understand Robbie's very proficient at taking these things apart and adjusting the and track pad. Like they used to all be the same. This one's not that easy. No. Yeah. So. And this is the second one I've run into that's like this. And I'm like, well, maybe they've, it's just changed. The manufacturing changed. So there is no like, oh, well you just open it up and fix it if you want to. Like, I don't, not, I don't but you shouldn't you have to do no, that. No, 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 no. At all, I'm not, but, I'm not yeah. advocating that. But uh, if you order a device and you like everything about it, and that's the one thing that's the problem, and it's yeah. easy to pop some screws out and go, hey, bend this little metal piece a little bit and it will adjust itself because they didn't quality check it well enough. You know, yeah, save yourself all the trouble and just do that. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case, maybe moving forward. If, if this internal plastic chassis stuff's going on that keeps you from doing that. Like I couldn't adjust much. Like it was just kind of, it is what it is basically. So the, the spring mechanism that basically holds the front of the trackpad up was just overdoing its job. So the, the front mm. of the trackpad is actually pushed up higher than it should be. So now you get this quite visible. Like I took a video of it cause I'm going to send it back to the people that sent it to us and say, is this normal? Right. Uh, because I mean, it's I'm a millimeter com- or more yeah. of travel. I'm going to comment on this because this is not good. And if you don't think this is normal, send us another one so that I can verify that's not the case. Right. Because you expect a good trackpad to, I mean, not even, honestly, almost not be visible, the movement. It should just have a good just click a very small, and just I'm very click. slight. It's, yeah. I mean, this thing's moving a millimeter or more before you before get it hits to the, the mechanism. Yeah. You know, and bad. so no matter what, anytime you touch it, it's sitting there, you know, flipping around and yeah. before it actually clicks. And so you get that weird double click thing. It's, it's really off putting to use. And so anyway, I say all of that to say that that was a device that has a lot of cool things on the spec sheet. You could easily read the spec sheet and look at screenshots and be like, man, I think that might be the Chromebook for me. And then you get it in, in the sharp edges. It's not wobbly feeling, no. um, but the screen's just okay. And then you get this trackpad issue and the keyboards, eh, it's okay. You know, and so now all of a sudden it goes from being this great spec sheet thing to this mediocre. And that's, that's what device. I don't get is that I understand consumer devices. They should not cheap out on them. Consumers have fair, you know, higher than average expectations for a device. Sure. They expect something better than an EDU Chromebook. But we've seen so many of these quote unquote enterprise level devices released lately that are subpar compared to their counterparts in the, I mean, Lenovo just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Lenovo just launched that whole new lineup of consumer devices, the colorful ones, the 340 and S340 and all that. They all show on the full HD displays anyway, 250 nits. Which is yeah. very so, reasonable. That's very good. So why in the world does anybody ship a work yeah, so oriented not, Chromebook yeah. that has anything like that? Right. I've that. designed a device plenty. that's that's geared towards someone who is working on their computer all day and you're what, one seventy, one eighty if you're lucky. Yikes. That's yeah. it's not okay. <laughs> no. It's just not. It's not. And so, their price I mean, it's not like they're cheap. I mean, if you're talking yeah. eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars. That it's just not acceptable. No, and and a lack of attention to detail to those types of things are the opposite story of what you get with this new Pixelbook, this Pixelbook Go. So while people may look at this device and go, well, on paper, you know, yeah, eighth gen Y series processor, so no fans, obviously here. This is the exact same processor set we saw on the slate. So it's like, whoa, it's old processors. Well. 
pair that with two things. One, the slate never really struggled with performance nope. in the, the higher court. The only one that people got onto was that Celeron version that never should have been made. Yeah. Um, so the M3 and the i5 and the i7s never had any issue. Pair that with the fact that this is a 1080p panel versus the nearly 4K panel that's on the slate. So remember, the slate's 3,000 by 2,000. Well, 4K is 3840 by 2160. So, I mean, you're approaching 4K. You're much closer to 4K than you are to uh, Quad HD. So that's a lot of pixels to push around. Um, and so people were, and again, people were using it as a tablet. Google is still farting around with tablet mode. There are a lot of things that cause the slate to feel a little slower, but I remember in my review even saying like, yeah, some of those overview things can be a little weird and wonky and will drop animations, but when you're in a Chrome tab or when you're in a thing doing something, never once did I think about performance. No. So case in point, that's that's what's happening here with the Pixelbook Go. So don't let 8th gen processors even right. come and like close the, to making Asus, you go, oh, I don't yeah, know, that's old. The Asus 434 is selling like hotcakes. It's the exact same internals. And you, you'd be hard-pressed to find one complaint about its performance. And what, what do we get? We pulled Octane on it, what, 26,000? 27,000. So I'm like, yeah, it, it really. Yeah, pro- two years ago, yeah, two years ago, getting your hands on a device that was over 25,000 meant you were spending thousand dollars or more yeah. and easily. i can tell you from using the pixelbook go for a week now it smokes the original pixelbook and like there were times a pixelbook i could get it to hang up here and there and again it was pushing a quad hd screen and there's in its seventh gen processors like this thing performance is not an issue and eight gigs across the board upgrades to 16 um, but the cool Thank part you, is Google. with having the asus around and Oh, we're we're going to talk about the ASUS 433 here in a little bit. That's an interesting story around it. But the processor, RAM, and like all the internals of it are literally match the the base Pixelbook Go. And for all the things I'll have to say about the 433, um, performance is not one of the issues at all with it. Like, right, it, it flies, and it's a 1080p screen. So I mean. Is completely indicative of the way the core, like we don't have a core M3 in, in stock. So I'm saying all this, we have the i5, eight gig, 128. So uh, we have the $849 model here, but I'm completely convinced performance will not be an issue on the core M3. So we get to talk about the Pixelbook Go and couch it in the terms of a $649 Chromebook. And so then we start talking about all the opposite things that I, from what I experienced this morning. So I unboxed that thing. was like, oh, let's see what this, oh God, it's cutting me. And oh man, the trackpad's flopping all over the place. And crap, the screen's kind of dim. And this, on the other hand, you pull this thing out of the box. And before you even open the lid, screams premium. Mm-hmm. Like all the edges are perfectly rounded. You know, there's no, there's nothing protruding or out of place. There's nothing that looks like it wasn't completely meant to be there. And like even the feet all the way across the bottom, like... There's no wobbliness. The thing is like ridiculously firm in your hand. Like, like it, surprisingly firm. Yeah, like it, it, <laughs> it's it weird. It belies the fact that it's so light and so thin when you grab it and actually kind of, maybe you shouldn't, maybe we should never do this to, to our electronics. But <laughs> but if it's in a backpack or something and you're sitting on it, right, it's going to get wrenched a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, I, that's one of the first things I do when I pull a Chromebook out of the box is I grab it and, and give it a little twist, you know, and torque it just a little bit to see is the chassis a piece of junk or is it you know firm and you know you want a chromebook especially anything that's over four or five hundred dollars you don't want it to flex this thing though like 
like it just popped my fingers. I was sitting here wrenching on it while I'm talking. My, if you heard that, like that was my fingers popping yeah. against it because it's which, like, nah, man, I ain't. I'm which not speaks, twisting. Yeah, which speaks so much to the design because I'm not sure if we ever verified or not, but the Samsung Pro and Plus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no, they are. We did. We, they are magnesium. I don't think we wrote it. Yeah, they are magnesium alloy, alloy like this, and they're good devices. But you can bend one of those like a pretzel. Yeah. I mean, they are oh, yeah. all kind of flexible. They're very bendy. Very well, the, bendy. The, yes. They've got some of the photos of the internals of this thing and like the frame of it and everything and yeah, how and much design went into uh, it. And like, yeah. There's been some thought put into making sure that this thing just like feels great. The Wolverine of Chromebooks. Yeah. yeah. Like, great. I'm sure everyone listening has probably picked up a laptop from its corner um, and either seen or felt that kind of nauseating feeling of the entire keyboard deck just kind of bowing a little bit and maybe it pops the trackpad yeah. up just a little I bit mean, it's like oh god the, uh-huh. the old mac was going to crack down through the oh, middle yeah. like when yeah. the trackpad pops or like, clicks or and you see it flip out. up you're like ah, what did why did you just like move? compound fracture <laughs> uh, go back i can't I'm hold sorry. up under my own weight it's yeah. horrible <laughs> yeah. and so we've trained ourselves yeah. usually not to hold yeah. laptops On the corner, like that yeah. Like, yeah. you don't you just don't do that you know uh, one of the worst Chromebook experiences of that was the HP X2. Uh, and, you know, it's a detachable keyboard, so it's already top-heavy. But, I mean, I picked it up one Bad. time like that, and, dude, the trackpad came up out of the bottom of the thing. I was like, oh, God, go back. Yeah, because it's Don't almost break. the full thickness of the keyboard. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, to be fair, I mean, I don't expect a detachable keyboard to be able to hold up its entire, but whatever. You know, we, we get into this mode of like, that's just a no-no. You don't do that. Trust me. With the Pixelbook Go, you can hold it right from the tip of the edge. Yeah. And it's going to be able to hold yeah. up I, under its own I posted weight. A picture, no problem. I posted a picture on Instagram when we first got hands-on with it, holding it from the corner. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, it's, it's just it's so reassuring. Like, just the feel of this thing is just reassuring. And then the minute you go to open it up, like, I love the outside of it, too, because there's nothing on it except a G up in the corner. Like, yeah. And it's got that pill shape, so the rounded design. Like, it's very approachable. It's very googly. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks the part. Like, it reminds me so much of... If you remember way back in early Chromebook days, HP and Google got together and made a Chromebook. It was just called the HP Chromebook, yep. and it was white, pill-shaped. It actually had that little LED strip at the top, but it was had all these rounded corners, and at least from this angle, like this reminds me of it so much, except this is probably half the thickness of that, that device was. But then it's got the grippy bottom that everybody's seen and talked about, and you know, as, as silly as that sounded, uh, the panini grill bottom. Um, <laughs> We've tested it. it. You can't make a panini with no. it. You can't. It doesn't get that hot. Um, and I Just wouldn't kidding. advise we getting didn't it try hot. It. And even like the screws, I'm sure there's screws underneath the feet. There's only two that are Visible. that are out, and they're very well hidden. Uh, but the whole the whole grip part of this, I have because it's the Pixelbook Go. You know, I've tried to not always slide it in my backpack, like around the house the other night I had to we had to leave to go somewhere and I was finishing up an article so I just grabbed it and took it with me and it's like I'm just no case no no sleeve I'm just gonna carry it and there is like there's nothing about it that that feels like it's weighted really well I guess uh probably they've used some of that the smarts they had um yeah actually I'm I am trying to the the whole pixel slate Uh thing and it is kind of center center weighted yeah uh and I think because of that you know add that to the fact that it's not that heavy and it's super thin it is just great at being picked up and moved around like there's no like oh god i gotta be careful with this it's, it's gonna, gonna slip out of my hands like yeah. man it's just like yeah i have a it. i have a 13 go. inch portable monitor that's in my bag and i remember picking this the go up at 
the event and thinking this feels like I'm picking up a little portable monitor. It just oh, yeah. feels so thin and, portable. Yeah. It feels like yep. it, like uh, this size device should when it's premium. It's, yep. And so you go to open it, one finger lift. So smooth. You know, um, which is to and me is always this precision engineering thing. When something's this light, this thin, for it to still be geared just right, so that I can set it down and lift it with one finger. Like that tells like me that from they from they the start out of the box. Yeah, did well, I didn't like have to work didn't it have, in yeah. or nothing. No, like they, they've taken the time to think through the hinge and make sure that it opens up properly and it closes. So quiet. Yeah, it's just like it's just well put together. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into everything about it because you know, like we kind of kept the three things in the video that that you'll see on youtube um and so the build quality was one of those things the second was the keyboard and trackpad so i'm going to hold this keyboard up to the mic a little bit and see if you can kind of catch the the quietness of these keys yeah i mean I, i've got the headphones on you can literally barely hear it i mean because it's so, so you're typing underwater <laughs> Uh, and it even just sounds nice. Like yes. typing on it, it, it sounds nice and it feels nice. Yeah. So it's got imagine a the to it. original Pixelbook keyboard, which for me was for a long time the best keyboard. And then I kind of put the Asus line of, of keyboards above it. There was something about those that I, I kind of generally started liking a little bit more. Um, but this one retakes the, the throne for me. Mm -hmm. Like using it the last few days, like just. I don't know. And part of it, I, I think, is the frame underneath of it being so firm and then the keys being so quiet yet so reassuring every time you hit yeah. them. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, this this is what typing should feel like. I, I love it. And the, even the backlighting, you know, we, we know a few people that are really picky about uh, backlight bleed. Yeah. Um, and this one has, I, if you look at it like at like five degree angle, like get way down and hold it like horizontal to your face, you can kind of see some light underneath the keys. But in general, when you're looking down on it, the only thing that gets illuminated is the the lettering on the keys uh, itself. And so it just has, again, real premium look. And then the trackpad is the exact opposite from what I explained earlier. This is perfectly tuned, perfectly in place, glass, nice and wide. And with this just satisfying click, that feels great, sounds great, works exactly like you'd expect. I, again, it's all of these things. This is what you'll pay for. You know, when, when you're talking about paying for a, a slightly more expensive Chromebook, you can look at specs and you can worry about those kind of things or, oh, I need it to be convertible. I've talked to a few people. They're like, well, is it convertible? No. But when you had a convertible device, how often did you convert it? Yeah. And when you start asking yourself those questions, it's like, well, a lot of people don't much at all and so and if you absolutely do because there are there's plenty of other options sure. on the market so yeah, and the original pixel book still great but if you <clears throat> put both of these in front of me said i can give you either one of these two for free which one you want no question whatsoever that i would pick the pixel book go no question um and then we got to talk about the speakers because they're upward firing and they're kind of prominent and we assumed honestly we the first time we we cranked it up when we got it in the office and we could hear it we assumed that uh they just took the pixel slate speakers and yeah. stuck them in there like that would make sense right i mean they're kind of probably about the same size chamber and all that kind of stuff so we cranked them on sounded sounded amazing um and then we put the pixel slate down and pulled up the same video and we laid the slate down on the table so that it was upward firing in the same orientation and we played the Pixel Slate's speakers, which I've doted on for a long time. Not even close. Like, blew them out of the water. And so, 
I mean, this easily is the best set of laptop speakers I've ever heard. Um, you know, we put them up against the 15 inch MacBook Pro, which to its defense has a slightly bit louder speakers, uh, but they weren't as clear um, and they were a little more muddy. Uh, and yeah, Apple li- generally li- makes great speakers on their yeah, laptops. A li- so little bit more mids. Yeah. It just didn't have the same clarity that the Go did. Yeah. I mean, for what they've done and put in this thing from a speaker standpoint is bonkers. I, I, I've watched some full shows on this. I haven't watched that. I watched a full movie on it yet. Um, I won't talk too much more about the screen, but 1080p IPS. I think we, I, I pulled it, I think right around 325 nits, I think is what I got out of it, uh, depending on the day um, and the environment and stuff like that. So, I mean, plenty bright. It's not super bright, so it's not as bright as the, the Pixel Book. Um, and I think the Pixel Slate was a 360 or 370 yeah. nit panel, so it's not as bright as either one of those two. But it's the brightness has not been a problem for me at all. Now, if you go outside, probably in direct sunlight, you're going to have a problem with a 300 nit panel. But in general, that's kind of where we fall. Of saying like a panel that's 300 nits gives us little cause Plenty. for concern. Yeah. You know, nice Absolutely. deep blacks, great viewing angles, great punchy colors. Um, 16 by nine. So some people maybe like kind of, kind of miss the taller ratio. Um, and we were just told by Google, uh, that in general, 16 by nine panels are obviously in much greater supply, which means they're in less demand, which means the price is lower. And so, um, Google did everything they could, I think to put together a package where they cut corners or didn't cut corners necessarily, but cut cost in ways that make sense. Right. Like without it, cutting corners. Yeah. And that's that I think that's what's so unique about this. This feels so much like and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but man, I called this. This feels like what they learned, and I know they were working on this much much more prior to the Pixel three A and three A XL, but we have a video out on the internet that says, Hey, what if the three A and three XL sell like crazy and inform Google on how to go about making their products? This is what this feels like. It no, feels exactly like what it is. they refined so much stuff out and went, you know what? Users don't use that. I mean, our office, our co-working space, multiple people, you know, if you're around, if you office around Chrome Unboxed, we're going to eventually like try to turn you to the dark side. Oh, yeah. Robbie's, so, Robbie's a uh, Chromebook evangelist. Oh, I've, I've wormed into multiple people. And so <laughs> there's all sorts of people using Chromebooks that uh, probably didn't want to, um, but you know, it ended up that they're using, now they like them. They love right. them now. Um, and they're using Pixel Books, and we have there's Pixel Book pens just laying around that haven't been touched. I mean, and I've got the Slate pen sitting right there on it's my sitting desk. Over there. My Pixel Book pen, it. I can't remember the last time I picked it up. The battery could be dead. I don't know. It's been months. Because that's just, my handwriting's terrible to begin with. So I don't draw. Yeah, I'm not an artist. If so I'm if taking I'm a, notes, I'm typing. Right. I'm so much more proficient to type my notes. Like, there was this romantic period I had where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to, like take my notes and jot my things down. Well, and you tried like the rocket book and everything. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, but I don't do that. So why yeah. am I trying to do like, I'm trying to, I'm romanticizing this idea of handwritten notes instead of just being that like, you're then going to transfer to digital. Right, <laughs> like just type your notes. I'm so much faster at typing yeah. than I'm at writing. I mean, it's most okay. Are. Now you can do it quietly with the, oh, yeah, the, hush, the hush keys. keys. That's right. Um, so yeah, like I think getting rid of the pen support, you wouldn't want to use a pen on a clamshell anyway. Like it, it would you be can look at all the reviews of the Surface uh, uh, laptops that have Microsoft pen support, and everybody's like, this is dumb. Yeah. Like trying to write I can on think the clamshell. The only terrible. time I've ever used a stylus 
in clamshell mode is if I was using it to take a screenshot because there's a screenshot option, cr- capture option. But I can do it just as quickly with right. my mouse. It <laughs> right. doesn't make any sense. And so it is touchscreen, obviously. Um, so that comes in handy every once in a while. There's just times when it's just easier to reach up and just yeah, touch yeah, the screen. Swiping notifications, touching yeah. the screen, scrolling um, to an article. So it's nice for those things to be there. Or if you know you, you load up a game that's an Android game and doesn't have any keyboard controls. I mean, you, you can still hold and, the display yeah, like it's a tablet. Hands, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I would do with the Pixel Book anyway. Like I so rarely ever converted it into any other form that it's just like getting rid of that and not having to deal with the hinges and all the engineering that goes into making that. You know, getting not trying to put the latest gen processor in it, which would have pushed back probably production a little bit. You know, not feeling like they had to uh, go nuts with the way that you know that they um, went with a sixteen by ten or a three by two or whatever other screen. Like they went with a sixteen by nine. That's there's tons of them. There's tons of great options at cheaper prices. So they did all these things. I think then put together this and, and put their time and their money and their effort into building a device that feels great to use so if if you ignored specs and any of those things when i open this thing up do i like using it 100 percent. like i believe and maybe the honeymoon phase will, will be over um but this is the first chromebook that's come along in a while that i'm excited to like it, it irritates me to have to, to review anything else right now i don't i don't want to use any other chromebook i don't want to use any other device i don't I don't even want to mess with my phone if I don't have to. I want to get the Pixelbook Go out and use it to do everything I possibly can on it. Um, and that's there's something about that that you can't you can't place a stat to, you can't place a spec yeah. number to. It's just like there's a visceral experience of using this device that is better than using other devices, not other Chromebooks, other devices. It is just far and away. I think, yeah, probably my favorite piece of hardware Google's ever made. Uh, at this point it is so we need to go ahead and put this on the calendar uh ces 2020 we will do a two months later with robbie and see yeah. where he's at sure we'll see. yeah, yeah I, I see it in his eyes i think he, i think he's i think it's real i think he's gonna this can be a long-term love affair for him yeah, yeah. And I, until and I the true the, pixel book 2 comes out yeah who knows and the, the slate let me down so much i think Ooh, that yeah. that was part of like the like ugh. so now i'm I'm gonna go another year with the pixel book and and that was fine because i i'm not taking anything away from the pixel book there's nothing about the pixel book that i'm like ugh, what a piece of junk now it's like it's still, still a great an device, awesome yeah. device. I don't like looking at its bezels, you know, but other than that, I mean, it's really great. And I, and I hate how funky the, the palm rests get and the, the pad up underneath. So, I mean, you're talking a few small things that they could change and over launch the course a Pixelbook 2. <laughs> and again, those are those are nitpicks over the course of you know oh, yeah. using the over device two for years, two years. So you know, and, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I think the same thing's going to be with this. Like there's going to be small things that come up, but in general as a device that like i like having a device that i come back to so i review something come back to review come back like this is going to be my come back to device i think for a while because it just i just haven't been inspired by a piece of hardware like this one in a while and it's shocking because i'm like it's cheaper than most than any other google made chromebook it's cheaper it's less impressive on a spec sheet than any other chromebook and yet they've put together an experience that is just awesome i i i I love it. We just got a second one in, so one of you two guys is going to be playing with it for a little yeah. while, and I'm telling you, it'll get you too. Yeah. So, I I'll mean, you, you will you will attract this 
baseboard at least maybe not this particular iteration of this device but tracked this baseboard for uh, 18 months right did we did we figure out the actual date was yeah do wow let's see would have been spring april maybe april a year and a half ago yeah so it's around 18 months and so like there was there was a lot that we knew Right, as far as... Yeah, there was a lot we knew going into it. There were some things that we thought might happen that didn't, but tracking it, we were expecting the premier, best-spec'd-out Chromebook we've ever seen, ever. And yeah, because originally, like, we thought they were going to launch it with the Slate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we were expecting... Well, going to New York last year, we thought... By the time we left for New York, we're like, and eh, we might not. Yeah, because it hadn't leaked. But at we, all. yeah, but we long thought going going to going to the Google event that we would see a tablet and a Chromebook, and yeah. Yeah, no we, one was talking about it. They, they wouldn't talk about it. We asked. No one, no one wanted to say anything. So uh, we saw some some little hints there, here and there, where Google obviously along the way scrapped a device. It may not have been the entire device, but they scrapped a processor. The uh, the Meowth board yeah. was Google at some point. It disappeared. So not sure what, what happened with all of that. Yeah, so some of this went through some iterations for yeah. sure. Like yeah. This wasn't just... And, and that's what the Chrome team told us when we sat down with them just a couple of weeks ago was that we, we put a lot of research into as joe said in 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 the opening of the podcast of distilling this device of saying what do users really want what do they really need what do they really use on a daily basis and what things are just frill and fluff and they cut away all of that yeah but i can't i don't imagine that the the manufacturing process for this chromebook as well put together as it is was something that they just thought of in the last couple months no no way no, I, I don't know when Atlas shifted to becoming the Pixelbook Go at this price point. Like, this is their goal. I don't know when that happened. I don't think... My guess would be after the Slate launched sometime is when that shift started happening, I bet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they couldn't figure out what they were going to do or they just didn't want to launch two premium Chromebooks, which is probably wise. I mean, you know, Google makes a lot of fumbles. I, I think not trying to have two Chromebooks out at the same time like that was probably a smart thing yeah. right. for them to have focused the last whole year on tablety stuff and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's just an interesting time for Google's hardware when it comes to Chromebooks, because, you know, as we've seen, uh, we reported a couple of weeks ago, like there's some stuff that's popping up from a tablet perspective with, with Google's software where clearly we're going to start seeing some like Android 10 gestures. Yeah. It looks like Kyle Bradshaw over at nine to five, found even more stuff on that he actually reached out yesterday and asked hey can i can i use your some of those images i'm canary's being wonky and i can't get it to sit still long enough to to get a photo um and so they used some of those images that we had found but he found additional stuff in there i don't i haven't read fully into it to see if it's the same commit or different stuff but clearly they're going through like we weren't sure if they were going to do android 10 gestures but it's coming into play that like some of that stuff's going to be there and so like the cool part of this is yes, Google walked away from making tablets themselves, but they are clearly not done. And again, we wrote this too. And you know that Google's not done with tablets and Google's not done helping manufacturers make tablets. At least in this thing, Google has been smart enough to step back and be like, these guys with better supply chains and better access to hardware 
are going to be better at making something like this. We'll make sure the final product works, and we'll get the software working for it. Right, but and it's also we just don't yeah. want to we don't want to mess with making tablets. Like we don't have the supply chain to make a good yeah. tablet and, at an affordable price. And it's great to see because months back they said that we are committed to continuing our support for the tablet experience and the development of it. And it's great to see them follow oh, through with I mean, that. It's pushing because it's just clear like that other manufacturers are really truly committed to putting out some kind of detachable tablets in the near future oh yeah probably in droves uh, yeah i think once so, they start arriving it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy yeah, hopefully like, google stays committed because if they don't then it's going to be bad for everyone across the board yeah i mean i i asked the question about the leaks and everything just to say like i i think it's safe to say this thing has uh lived up to expectations if not exceeded them i think because it just feels like this thing showed up and we went to the event. I mean, we had seen the video, of course, but getting right. our hands on it, actually feeling it, like you can you can get all these leaks and you can get a spec sheet, but then going to actually get the device and, and see the manufacturing and the design and the aesthetic, which I think right. you're alluding to here is like really the true selling feature of this device. Right. Yeah, that's where the money comes in. Right, right like because the other not, device Robbie was talking about that we just got in the unbox this yeah, morning is a prime example are, of the opposite. You would expect to take this device out of the box and have nothing but an overwhelming sensation of premium. Oh, yeah. And 100%. immediately, immediately within three minutes. You're like, wow, this is not it. <laughs> it's a plenty about, no, this is wrong. That's not yeah. right. This is wrong. And yeah. it cost $900. Yeah. So, say, I was getting ready to look it up. Was that the? I don't know. It it's expensive let's just say that we can't give away the price because then people will know what we're talking about uh so it's so yeah new full, lg graham chromebook mm-hmm. yeah no, there we I'm go just kidding. That's so not the, a thing. but with this device this tells me lg could make and you're, holding, you're, you're, holding, you're holding up the pixelbook go yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. sorry with the, <laughs> the pixelbook go the, the the listeners can't see what you're yeah. doing <laughs> i'm used to doing video um yeah with the pixelbook go this tells me 100% like LG needs to bring their Graham line of devices and Dude. make some Chromebooks. There was a, 100%. Two years ago at CES, I still, I still have oh, yeah. that sensation of it. picking up the Graham for the first time and, and thinking, like, man, this is insane. why? Why is there not a Chromebook like this? Yeah. The, Pixel, the original Pixel book was in that vein, but it's not the yeah. Graham. Oh, yeah. man, it's incredible. That's so, kind of what this reminds me of now that I think about it. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a video out uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Chromebox on, on the website too. A uh, couple, the three, top three things that, that Robbie is digging about the, the Pixelbook Go. Full review, Robbie. I mean, I know you said you want to spend some time with this thing. I mean, what are, what are we thinking here? Do you want to spend two, two more uh, a week with it? At least two more another weeks solid week. Yeah. Um, and the issue so is maybe like got, Maybe like early November. Stay tuned. Yeah, we've got multiple other... Um, Chromebooks we're having to review too, so I'm yeah. I'm forcing myself to make sure and spend time with <laughs> yeah. them, and not I'm, just I'm not solely kidding. focus on this thing. Yeah, I've, I've never struggled more with with that with it's having really to choose to pick up a different device because I want to use this for everything right now, and I've been good. Well, I've and, been and good. This like one's you've th- seen me during the day. Yeah, I've not been using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, what's cool is I don't remember the last time I charged it. It's getting ready to run out of battery. But so the, it's been the, days. The, the <laughs> other interesting thing is, and in, in I like uh, I like Gabe's idea. Let's check back uh, at CES and see where you're at. Uh, I mean, with the Pixel Book, I remember it coming in, and you just like going around the office, dude. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. And, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at this thing. And like this this thing showed up, and we we unboxed it, and. 
I mean, immediately, I think you went over to the other room and we're like, oh, so we work in a co working space. And so you're like, listen to speakers. these speakers. Like, look at this. This is insane. You know, yeah. like that sort of excitement about a device is, I mean, we have a, I, not to say like we, we don't get excited about other devices. I mean, but, but this one's just special, you know, like we, 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 we have a lot of Chromebooks come through this office. I mean, right now we've got a lot of nowhere to Chromebooks. Sit. Yeah. We've got a lot of Chromebooks <laughs> piled up in our office that was very tidy there for a little while. And then yeah, we, it's getting ready to be, we, we got we a lot of returns. <laughs> we're we're sending some things back to manufacturers and stuff. So we've got a lot of devices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's piled up somehow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we get a lot of devices. We test a lot of devices. We get to use a lot of devices. And I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to do that so that we can help you all, the listeners make decisions on what you want to go buy. Um, and this one, the, the Pixelbook Go is just, uh, it has a certain you should buy it. excitement. You should, you should <laughs> you go know? buy I mean, it yes. right I now. I mean, I would say all three of us are, are really excited about this device. So, And I okay. want to be fair real quick, though. I want to be fair that I want this experience. I want to have this reaction with literally every Chromebook we test. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely do. Go every into time that same sort of it, mentality. I try to think, like, I'm hoping for the best for this thing. Like, I want to open it up and be like, Man, that surprised me. Like that yeah. was so much better than I expected, or that was as good as I expected, or whatever, you know. And but we also have to be level, you know. We have to look at devices and point out their flaws, and you right. know, we can't just yeah, be if like the oh, screen's this is garbage. Good too. We're going to tell you. I mean, yeah. the colors are bad. It's dim. The viewing yeah. angles are horrible. And whatever. Like the, the Pixelbook Go has some shortcomings as far as features, you know. And so sure. in the I mean, review, we're going to talk about those things. Yeah, you know, it's, it's missing stuff that. Like if you're like, man, I gotta have pencil. Right. I gotta draw this. Well, okay, yeah, yeah this isn't the one for you. Uh, but I don't think Google intended that to be the case. This right. isn't the Chromebook for everybody. This is the Chromebook for most people. Uh, and I, did and we just come up with the title for the review? Maybe, maybe, maybe. There we go. I'm trying to think. Did you say <laughs> like not the Chromebook for everybody? Yeah. Or this oh. is the Chromebook for most people? Yeah. yeah not the Chromebook yeah. for most. Chromebook for the masses. The Chromebook. But not the all. Chromebook for most. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll work around with a player. You around want with this, it. Yeah. unless I mean, you not don't. Not for everyone, <laughs> yeah, but for most, most everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It needs some work. Super concise. We'll have to go back and it. listen to that because it sounded yeah. really good a minute ago. Yeah, now yeah, it's, well, just, it's bad. Yeah, we're losing <laughs> it. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is this is a Chromebook for a lot of people. I think. By the way, welcome to the process of coming up with headlines for articles and videos. Yeah, we we did a little we did we did a little uh, YouTube members behind the scenes video of uh, getting a thumbnail. Getting a thumbnail is sometimes takes longer than actually recording the video. Yeah, and true. then coming up with the title sometimes takes quadruple of all of oh, that. Oh, yeah. We'll write, we'll write full <laughs> thousand-word articles and then sit yeah. there for two hours thinking, man, oh, man what, what if it, I did what this? What is it going to do? How can I write Cause this? Because we try. We, we, don't, we don't set out to be clickbaity and stuff, but we want our titles to be provocative. We yeah, want yeah. them to be enticing. We want people yeah. to engage because it's something they want to know. And I don't, well, Sometimes gosh. we have to help each other because sometimes you're like, is that is that your title? Is yeah. that yeah. you're not going with that, oh, are you? Oh, okay. No, love, no, it's just a placeholder. It's fine. I love how you just write titles. <laughs> I like how you just say anything in yeah. your title. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. 
uh, we're going to do a hot take on the Pixel 4. Because I don't know that we need to talk too much about this thing. I can give you, you a hot a take hot right take? now. And he, Joe may edit this in post. Robbie just bought the OnePlus 7T. Boom, Pro hot take. Something. What'd you buy? No. Is that, was that 17. the end of your yeah. hot take? No, no, that's not the end of your hot take. Man, it, it, it's hard. I sat on the couch with my wife the other night trying to condone uh, why we should go ahead and order some. And uh, it's, well, let's it's just, a hard sell. Let's just say not, the, the three of us sitting here at this table, hardcore Google diehard fanboy i swore on the way to new york that this would be that i love my 7 pro i love it love it but i swore that i would leave new york with my orders already in place and i have not yeah so yeah and we we noticed that like eh, i know this is ruined the hot take but uh that was kind of what uh prompted me like uh, what, one of the people that works in an adjacent office came in and was like, yeah, my, my phone will be here today. It's like, and it just oh, hit me. I was like, oh, crap. Dang, I, I didn't even order one. mine yet. <laughs> yeah. Why is Robbie that? generally orders his before we leave the event. Yeah. I mean, Literally. It's like, like pre-orders are open now. But as do most done. people or many you know, people. Yeah. You know, I want mine. I, I showed up because... You know, this is Google's newest phone, and I want it. It's going to tie into Google services the best, and yada, yada, yada. And I just wasn't inspired. And I'm not saying, like, I think the Pixel 4 or 4XL are, like, terrible phones. No, right. No. I think they're overpriced for what they are. I think Google pooched it on quite a few things. I think overall, especially when Apple's new whatever deep fusion, whatever's coming, uh, which is going to take their HDR to another level, like, I think, Apple's already caught up. Like I think the iPhone 11 camera, if you if you look at most people, uh, it has caught up yeah. to even to the Pixel 4's camera. There's some yeah. things that the Pixel 4 can do that it can't, but yeah. you know the iPhone also has a wide angle lens. And, yeah. and it's I don't care what in, Google and says, and, and it's better on oh video. Gosh, that's yeah, not video. even. Yeah. We're talking stills. Yeah. yeah. The the video. iPhone runs laps around everything else from video standpoint, uh, and so they don't really have that to claim anymore. You know, the, the design of the phone from the back looks great. Like, I, I really like the kind of iconic look they went with. I like the dark rail, and especially on the white one. I think And it's, it feels nice. Yeah. Like, it looks, it looks It great. looks nice. It feels nice. No issues right. whatsoever there. Uh, the front of the phone, the big forehead, like, I get it. They're putting face unlock in there. But it feels like it's they not went, as bad on the XL on the small one. Yeah. It's like because of the weird. proportion. Yeah. Right. But, but on the still, four, it, it's still, still weird looking. Like, it's just weird looking. And it's not something I think that you're ever going to be like, oh, it's just fine. Like, honestly, I got used to the big, huge notch on the 3XL, but I never liked it. And there were always times where it would show up and a certain app didn't deal with it well. And it was like, oh, God, oh, this gosh. looks awful. You know, and it was terrible. And it, was, it wasn't to serve a need that anybody was dying for. So you did all that huge notch to put in, what, a front-facing wide-angle camera? that I used probably 17 times in the course of the year. And some people might have liked it better, but just put a wide-angle yeah, camera in it, there. I use it all the time. But why not just like with the 4A and, yeah. or the 3A and 3A XL, it's, Flip it's it around. like a middle camera. It's yeah. it's not the same normal camera. It's not fully wide-angle, but it's kind of in between. Wide enough to get multiple people into the shot. It takes care of business. One camera is needed, and I'm looking at my OnePlus 7T right now with this tiny little baby teardrop notch at the top that you almost lose sight of, and instead you get this phone with this massive, beautiful screen, and it looks great. It's attractive to look at, and it gives you more room for content, and like I was struck by this the, the first time I launched Chrome on the 7T. I've been looking at the big bathtub notch for so long, 
and the the color matches the top of you know Chrome the browser. I've been looking at so much of that real estate taken up up there that the first time I saw this, you know, you know, the, it was so just tucked away up top. I'm like, whoa, oh, wow, yeah. that's what that was like. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and, and you'll get that back kind of with the Pixel Four, but then you have a massive bezel up top that houses again. A questionable thing that Google spent a lot of time and money and resources and effort on yeah. in face unlock. I'm like, is it marginally more secure than fingerprint? It, I think studies have shown yes, marginally. But honestly, I mean, the, the, the issues with unlocking things and passwords and all that kind of stuff... It's not like Vase Unlock solves all of them, and it's all everything's peachy from there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's okay to use. You know, we have a two Pixel Fours in the office that we we brought home from the event. As far as the way it functions, fantastic. I mean, it it does exactly what it's meant to do, and it does it very well. And they use the Soli radar to know that you're reaching that with the accelerometer, like it's ready to go before you even start to pick the thing up. And by the time you're, at, you know, six inches off the table, it's unlocked which is good for a lot of things, but not all things. Uh, so if you have it in a cradle in your car, the thing's going to be unlocked all the time. If right. it's pointed at you, because it's going to see your face and constantly be unlocked. I've seen people put articles up where are uh, posted up on Twitter where they're on the treadmill and they're like, yeah, my phone won't ever lock anymore because it sees my face and it's always unlocked. And there are ways around that, but then you kind of undo the convenience of the face unlock. Feature. And there's no alternative other than a pin. I mean, there's the problem. That's the problem. If it just had a fingerprint sensor, then it'd do, be like, okay. Do I people can, have these these issues with the iPhone because iPhone is iPhone only same face. thing. But the iPhone always like there is no option on the iPhone where you can let it unlock all the way to you know yeah. use the phone. It oh, only yeah, yeah. like flips the little lock open. You still have to swipe the screen. And from what I understand, you can set that to be the case on the Pixel. Again, kind of undoes the cool part of face unlock. If the, I've got to touch and interact with the screen, I could almost just as easily put in a swipe gesture of a pattern and unlock my phone. Yeah. You know, it or just yeah, like it tap the power button. Some of the magic to, yeah. a little bit um, to me. And then the bigger problem is no one from an Android app standpoint has the API built in. So imagine your credit card companies, your bank accounts, your PayPal's, Square Cash. Yeah. All the stuff you um, use all the your fingerprint right now that we're like now. finally yeah, yeah we finally got to the point where Android has a ton of built-in fingerprint support yeah. and there's web apps even that can do fingerprint support now all that's you don't get to use any of those things anymore but like surely that'll come right it I mean yeah, that'll, that'll but happen like, eventually but you're still marketing this as a eight to one thousand dollar phone it's with like buying minor, it right now is kind of yeah, silly minor yes. additions few if any real refinements other than the camera software. Yeah, I'm still rocking my 7 Pro that was 650 bucks, and it's got a fingerprint scanner under the glass. It has no notch. It has no chin. It has no forehead. It has the 90 hertz screen. Man, it's, it's a hard sell. It, it is a yeah. really hard, a real sell. hard sell. The battery like, life on the 4, everybody's seen. The, the XL, not so much, but the 4, the XL, pretty rough. It's, it might be average. Yeah, you know, so it's especially not good. if you crank up the settings in the in the right. display because I mean, like I, I have most of my stuff turned up pretty high on my on my pro, and we game a lot, you know, playing PUBG and stuff like that. And you know, if I spend a couple hours playing PUBG, I'll have to throw it on a charge. But it's I don't remember the last then time you get, my phone died before I you get OnePlus is ridiculous fast charging yeah like I, I yeah. got this out of the box yesterday it was like 40 percent. i plugged it in did a couple things minutes. and went back and looked and it was at 85 percent in probably 10 minutes yeah work yeah. charging is it's the best bonkers um but 
to go back to your question, will it will it come? Yeah, eventually it will. But if you go back and like and they've track, already they they did already say they're fixing the uh, refresh rate stuff, like because yeah, people were saying it was only the, over seventy five. Yeah, seventy five percent screen brightness was the only thing that would trigger mm-hmm. the ninety hertz screen because it's yeah. they, you you can force it in developer options, but the general setting is on or off. Right. And when it's technically on, it's only on when the screen's at seventy five percent, and it's only on for things that deems worthy of needing ninety hertz. The issue is, as they do that, they're only going to kill battery even more. Yeah. So the battery ratings that everybody's kind of come to right now are going to get worse uh, because now 90 hertz will be more active, and it does. It hurts battery, and it's just the what it's what 90 hertz does. It's more times the screen's got to do yeah. everything. Um, but coming back to when you said, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, will it be supported? Yes, it will. But there's a couple things you could track to kind of see what the how long we're probably going to look. I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you look at from the time Apple was the first to put in a fingerprint scanner on the phone, I think I think somebody else did it, but they were like Samsung had like the swipey. They were terrible. yeah, it was weird. Uh, but Apple was the first one that standardized it, made API, and said, "Hey, look, now app, other developers can use it. Right. It's it's our standard thing." So they did that, and it was probably a good year, year and a half before it was like, "Hey, this is generally a thing that developers put into their app." That's for Apple. That's for people that build apps for Apple, who is maniacal <laughs> and you know monopolistic, and they can really wrench developers and make them do things that they want them to do. So they'd be like, "Hey, your stuff's not going to show up in our app store if you don't have this." So good luck. Um, and so flip to Google, and how long? Like we're just now, probably in the yeah. last year seeing like a lot of my stuff. apps have all yeah. finally right. gotten I was about ready to they say work. I think like the this past I've 12 got a, months probably I've got like a, a, a money app uh, F- Fidelity and I want to say it just got fingerprint like yeah. literally my no bank, more than six months ago like my bank is a small bank they just added it, was, it probably six months ago yeah, something it was like the beginning of the year yeah. um, and so my point is it took like yeah. Android fingerprint like Nexus imprint was what it was called yeah. came out yep. pre Nexus 6P and 5X were yeah. what first had I remember 5X Man, God, um, we t- we've been talking about the 5X a lot I, I want to go dick mine out of the Sitting closet somewhere no that's the 5 <laughs> no that's the 5, the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my 5X is in my car um, and so I've got my Nexus 5X imprint somewhere. came out with that so that was, that's 5 years ago yeah okay that's so that's when that's when Android fingerprint scanning became a thing and we're talking about apps right now that just in the last 6 months picked up the actual Android API. Right. Yeah. Five don't, years. Don't don't mind that siren. Go no, yeah, it's nothing. Emergency. Look away. But, <laughs> um, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. Kudos to Google for debuting things like this and trying to get them rolling and all that. Sorry, I'm, I'm banging on the table over <laughs> and, and yes, eventually it will come. Yes, developers will be on board or they won't. It'll go away. Whatever. But it's the polar opposite of like the Pixelbook Go that's sitting here. You can't debut things like this and say, hey, you know, we're going to do these new things. And th- oh, by the way, it's on a $1,000 phone that doesn't really improve over our last phone. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so that's honestly, a- if you can buy a brand new 3XL right now for three to $400 less, then I would say buy it's it. It's so hard to, yeah. And so that's that was the kind of situation I ended up getting myself into. But to, com- to complete my point here, so that was fingerprint scanning. You would have to then look at the data from when the 10 or the iPhone 10 came out with its face unlock. That was the first one. So from the iPhone 10 to now, how long has it taken Apple developers to get on board? I would say in general, we don't hear this complaint from Apple users much. So I would say in general, anybody that supported whatever they called imprint their, their fingerprint, whatever, um, 
Touch ID. Touch ID. Yeah. So they probably moved from Touch ID to Face ID, or they implement both now. Most developers do. So in the span of a couple years, Apple, again, this is Apple, that can kind of force these things on developers. And again, when Apple does something, it's different than someone else doing something. Apple does something, and they have the weight of tens of millions of devices, new devices, shipping, that are going to be in users' hands that year. Google does not have... It's not, oh, it's not even enough to say yeah. that Google doesn't have that sway. Google doesn't even have a thought of having a that fraction. amount. A percentage of the market. <laughs> they don't even have the beginning yeah. of the thought of the understanding of having the sway that yeah. Apple does from a device stand. It's not, I mean, it's ridiculously separate from the two. So when Apple debuts a new thing and everybody goes, oh man, it's going to take forever for that to be you know, implemented into all my favorite apps. Yeah, it's going to take a little while because the developers have to do it. But they will do it because their audience will demand it. They don't have a choice. Immediately. Because, no. because people are using like, those devices yeah, and it's, it's an like, Apple oh, device well, and everybody's buying it. Like, only 5% of a, people are going to have that. No, like a massive it's a closed ecosystem right, yeah, of yeah. Apple's users are going to do it. And oh, by the way, Apple's users represent, in the United States anyway, you know, this massive share of the smartphone market. So they have this ability to just sway things. They can just do stuff and force everybody to play along. Google doesn't. Yeah. And so there's unless, so many other Android users out there using other phones that don't have face unlock. Right. So is Samsung going to put face unlock? They dropped the, the eye yeah. scanner from yeah. the newest phones. So yeah, that, think about how many done. people are using those. So Android developers who are catering to all of these Going, people. Well, which one do we yeah. need to do? Well, right. it seems like the fat middle right now, they all have fingerprint scanners. Yeah. Oh, That's and by the way, our, the, our product's not going to be available in India. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So, so, there's a massive portion. so let's give the developers even more incentive to say, yeah, we're not interested. Just skip it, you know, yeah. because if other Android OEMs don't go and build the exact same API face unlock that Google has put in, this will not catch on for Android. It won't. Google can't do it by themselves. 100%. They can't. So Especially not launching phones like so the do you Pixel think, 4. Do you think solely all this tech, do you think all the gesture tech, do you think they'll put in other phones or do you think it's just going to nope. go away? If I were going to bet right now, I hope solely won't make Google's it past gonna the like, Pixel 4. Yeah. They're going to Google it. Yeah, Google th- they're going to Google it. You don't I think they're going to sell it? In, like they, they sell could it put other... it into some home devices and stuff, I think, and do some really cool it stuff. Kind of makes it. more sense there, actually. Way more sense. But if the Pixel Four was five ninety nine, then this conversation would be completely different. No, we wouldn't even oh my have gosh! It. No, because yeah. I mean, when they when Such they announced premium. this this Chromebook and then they announced the price, and I'm like, what a breath of fresh air! Because we sat here to a week prior to that, and I said, no, nope, Google's not going to do that. They're going to make it a thousand dollars, and everybody's going to be mad. Blah blah blah, whatever. This thing announced at six forty nine. I, I thought, I heard man, Robbie, the Pixel phone is going to be cheaper, and no, I'm going yeah. to get it. No, I, yeah, they announced the price of the Pixelbook Go, and I heard Robbie audibly gasp. <laughs> it was more of an exhale. I think he turned around after a few people's faces. <laughs> I told you, I told you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Pixel Four is weird. It yeah, is weird. All of this to first, say, it's, it's weird. First this pixel. was not a hot take, by the way. No, <laughs> no. I should have known we had too much to say about this. Yeah, thing. and, it, and yeah. it's the first one I've not picked up, and it's the first one I've chosen not to, to pick up or not to because we did it with the three and the two. I think we got OnePlus phones right around the same time. Like, ooh, well, maybe we all go with that. And I just had this anxiety and like, oh, this isn't going to be the right thing. And, and ultimately, it wasn't for me. Like, the Pixel phones were the best combination of premium hardware and the best experience for Google services. I just don't feel like that's the case yeah. right now. Like, and, you've, and you've talked about like you, you felt that lock in. I started feeling you know? yeah, trapped yeah. a little bit. Like mm. as Man, if I, I don't, if I don't have the pixel, I'm going to miss out on something. And it's like, 
no, no, I'm not actually, I'm not going to miss out on anything. And at this price point, you need to be delivering something a little better. That makes it very worth it to, to to go buy this thing. Now that's not to say that I'm not really looking forward to what they might do with the four a and four a XL. If they do something similar to what they have, get rid of solely, get rid of face unlock, put normal bezels on the top and bottom of the phone. Give me a great screen and let me, you know, get a lot of the same things from the camera you know they, they could remove some of the pieces of this device and heck give me a plastic back i don't care that that frosted plastic they put on the 3a was great it's fine give me a plastic back you know give me that aluminum rail that makes it the phone nice and firm give me a good screen some good speakers you know and the latest you know processors in that mid-range kind of thing and slap a 400 to 450 dollar price tag on it yeah, you might have me interested again because I do like the feeling of Android untouched. Like because I do use all of Google services, and I don't like I don't like the feeling of like oh is this am I running into this issue because I'm not because. using a Pixel phone? Yep. I've had one issue like that with the One Plus, but I don't. From what I can tell, researching it, it's not the One Plus. It's it's a Google account level thing. But there was that sneaking thought in my mind. It's like is this happening because I'm using a One Plus phone? Like. Is, am I going to run into little kinks like this all the time? Because, you know, I am in the Google ecosystem. And so I want the, just the thing that gets me there and lets me use it the fastest and the easiest. And I want to think about it. Um, and so that's not been the case. But other than that, there's been no downside here. And this phone costs 600 bucks, And it blows the Pixel 4 out of the water from a spec standpoint. My gosh. I mean, the screen is better. The speakers are better. The unlocking methods are better and more supported. The build quality is at least on par, if not better. The screen's got like a 1,000 nits of brightness. The camera may be one step back. But, but you said it's like, things, a, it's like a B plus, you know, it'd be like, a B plus yeah, a minus. It's camera. not like the camera's bad. It's a good camera, but the I've been Pixel shocked gets so a DXL markup like one twelve. So obviously you're going to expect it to be. Yeah. Way better. And they have their software. The, but I, get I a have the G cam here. Yeah. I have the G cam on my pro and I love it. Yeah. I haven't messed it's around great. with that. Even yeah. that I've just been using the stock camera and been, Pretty happy yeah, with the they results. Have their own I've been little getting. light mode that works well. I tried well that last enough. night. It was it's, good. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been super impressed. And OnePlus keeps pouring into their camera apps and their software and stuff. And is it going to be the best camera experience? No. But again, I go back to what we talked about with Pixelbook Go. Do I need? How many photos do I take? And do I need the camera to just be so stellar that I can't stand it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Actually, I. I don't take that many photos when it comes down to it. I'll grab photos of my kids, and but it turns out like they run around so much, I end up taking more video of them than, than anything uh, because it's just easier to catch the moment that way. And I'll take a photo here and there or something, and I'll take a photo for a something for the website or something. But in general, should I allow my buying decision be to be completely ruled by the camera on a phone? And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I, I don't think so. And I think that's part of what's held me into the Pixel grip a little while too. Um, and maybe the fact that the iPhone has caught them helps me to feel like, you know, maybe they're not the only game in town anymore. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't, I don't feel like, man, I'm, I'm missing out something huge here. It's like, no other companies are figuring out, Oh, this is what made their computational photography so good. Um, I don't know. And, and that's not to say that six months from now, Google might issue enough updates and we might see face unlock pick up and be available on every app that I would have. And, and maybe six months from now, we I, I think about going. Hey, let me give the Pixel Four a shot for a little while. But yeah, but I mean, right just, now I'm just kind of over all, it. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, we're just talking about what's happening right now because I mean that's yeah. you yeah. know as far as someone thinking about going and buying this thing that it's a hard sell I, right now. All we can tell you is what our experience has been using it right now. We yeah. we can't talk about the future because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, right. but but and right think, now, man, this thing's weird. And the the point Gabe made, I think, makes it so much more difficult. And I had a Pixel Three XL. And so it was very difficult to think about spending that kind of money. I had it paid off too, to to spend that kind of money to go get what? What am I getting? What what's the benefit here? How is it going to make my experience with Android better? And I literally couldn't come down on anything. Like the expo dual exposure sliders is kind of neat, kind of. But honestly, when it comes down to it. Even messing with the four that we have in the office, when I was taking shots, I'm like, ah, I'm just going to trust Google to expose it right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't. I don't really know, and I don't care. Like, I'm not that kind of photographer. Like, I want to catch something that that captures the moment I'm looking at, which is why I think wide angle needs to be part. Of, like, why didn't they put a wide angle camera on it? You I don't this, care if it's you have this big well, square bump and you didn't put a wide room because like, it would have totally messed up the keynote. That's why. Yeah, it's <laughs> a two, like, it's a it's a two camera thing on the back of the phone why do you do this massive big square bump right it's There's so no need weird for it. and and if they would have done that like they like we want it to look like the iphone but it's, it's not going to have all the stuff of the iphone but we right. want it to look like it and it's, i'm just like <laughs> because ultimately i want my camera to be able to capture whatever it is i'm experiencing so that i can look back at it later and so oh well the, the hdr crushes these or you know that this one exposes the highlights too much or this one's brighter than the, like i don't even care about any of that stuff like all the camera phones out right now are great and mkbhd did that thing six months ago and the, the freaking poco oh, yeah. phone won yep. <laughs> the 350 dollars <laughs> like, phone everybody that, voted that all the reviewers are like this camera is not great at all but Guess you know what, what? general people, people like looked at it and their eyeballs like those photos better and yep. i just want to i want to point the phone at something take the picture and and capture some semblance of reality that i can look back at later wide angle helps you do that a lot of times there's just certain things you can't get with a standard view lens you can't see like i can take a picture of this room right now with a wide angle lens and you know, i can capture what this room looks like and feels yeah. like when i look at it versus what it looks like you know from a, a normal camera and so little stuff like that i just think they they pooched it i mean i they they, they screwed it up this year and it's super unfortunate i think because i think they did a lot of cool things with it but like the screen's dim you know the screen only gets to like 400 nits or something like that like come on what people use their of all the electronics we have of all the electronics we use on a regular basis outside tell me that the phone doesn't make up 99.9 percent of that activity there's very rare people that sit in the broad daylight in the sun and, and mess with laptops you just don't do that but everybody gets their phone out in the sun why wouldn't you make a phone that can deal with that at this price point like those what are the things the, i expect the, what's the three xl uh, right around that same brightness. Okay, it struggles outside. It does. Yeah, because I was going to say it, it's not great outside. Um, and and that's you know the original Pixel didn't. The first Pixel was super bright. Uh, the two obviously had a terrible screen, and I thought they had fixed it in the three. It's not quite bright enough. Again, with my six hundred dollar One Plus Seven T, it gets up to a thousand nits when I need it, so I can stand out in broad daylight and it's fine. And so, don't tell me you can't include those things at that price point because you yeah. can. You're choosing not to, and and then putting in things that maybe take up extra time, space, money, all that stuff, for, for what exactly? Like, 
It's face like it feels like you're chasing iPhone to chase iPhone. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like face unlock. Well, they gotta have fa- they have face unlock. We gotta have face unlock. Yeah, f- face unlock gestures. What all did they talk about in the keynote? I'm, I'm, what are their selling features here? I can't even you remember. Can take pictures of stars. Okay, yeah. the astrophotography, yeah. the, the white balance stuff. That was pretty the camera cool. stuff. That's that is dope. neat. But that will also come to the three. Yeah, the white eventually. balance stuff will come down because that's all computational. Yeah, because when you're standing in an ice cave, you want the eyes to look yeah, blue. Right. Want you to not look blue. Yeah, because yeah. I, mean, I take no. a lot of photos. I go to ice caves like six times a year so this, but yeah, like the snow shots and stuff yeah it's really cool and that's great and it, again it's google's computational photography and but that's not enough of a selling no, feature no in, way in any no of way. those things because i was trying to think like you and i had a conversation when we first got the phone in and i was even i had started and i was like man i just don't know i might just use my 3xl and there were a couple things you were like oh well you might want this this and yeah. this and i think it was face unlock 90 hertz screen yep yeah and maybe some of the camera, gesture stuff i can't remember the problem but. like now there's all these problems with face unlock right that i didn't even think about right. like oh crap like day-to-day use yeah oh yeah these are going to be actually be, it's going to be more problematic right yeah. than it is going to be beneficial and then we flip over to um the 90 hertz screen well the battery sucks on this phone so that's hurting it worse and it only works in certain situations and you got to go through all these steps to make it like there are other phones that do 90 hertz. Like yeah. Either do it or don't. And if you like this one, seven, the seven T is not a small phone and it's not like ultra thin. They've packed a good chunky battery in here because they know 90 hertz screens chew battery. So if you're going to add a feature, make sure that you've created the, the things that need to be in place to make sure the feature works well for users. Because again, they want to get it out of the box, turn it on, put their SIM card in, install their apps and go about their right. day. Nobody wants to sit around and figure out workarounds to make their phone work anymore. Like that's just, we're way past that. Yeah. And if you're gonna try to, to, to make a phone that appeals to the general public, you've got to think through that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, here's the deal. At the end of the day, if you're going to market a flagship phone for this price, give it the best of the best of everything. Don't take away features. Don't try to test new features and make it a thing where, oh, well, this, and try to make it a selling point. Or yeah. dumb it down, make it a $600 phone, and give the big OEMs access to the computational photography or whatever and let them use it on flagship only devices or the ones that want it, something of that nature. Don't use this to try to market your phone as the end all be all flagship when it really doesn't when offer it, things that I can get from devices yeah. that cost less. Yeah, when it when it's just not. It's just no. not. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not sold. I'm, I'm going to rock my uh, 3XL here for a little while. We're going to we're gonna see how that goes. Robbie, you I, look uh, like you've got, you, you look like you've got one other thing. Pro review out next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, like there's, there are a handful of things if Apple would just loosen up on just a little bit, <clears throat> I'm at the point where I would, I would give iOS a go just to see uh, how it would work. Um, because they it's have, an experiment I've thought about. I mean, we've talked about me doing yeah. it for a yeah. while. They've loosened up on quite a few things. There's a couple things that still just make it really tough for me. And mainly, like you can't set Chrome as your default browser. I, that would drive me insane very quickly. So that's until they come off of that forcing you to use Safari for everything. I'm I'm not interested because Safari sucks <laughs> so bad. Um, that's the web developer in me. You heard it here first. Um, okay, so uh, this was David Ruddock's post. If you don't know who he is, he's the like editor in chief. He's editor in chief now at Android at Police. AP, yeah. And he posted this on Twitter, and um, I could not agree more with what he said in this. So I want to read it real quick because this this helped me kind of get my What's head his around. Handle? Uh, R R D R V three. Cool. 
The state of phones in 2019. Google makes an amazing camera phone with appalling battery life that absolutely no one should buy at full price. Apple makes a phone with pretty good cameras, amazing battery life that's easy to recommend at MSRP and has a killer sidekick in the Apple Watch. It's difficult to understand why anyone but Android geeks like me would stick it out with the Pixel. I love Android. I'll put up with the Pixel shortcomings, but I don't see why I'd recommend to anyone else that anyone else should, though. As for the, quote, smartness, I've seen referred to so much sure the pixel is way smarter than the iphone and absolutely and absolutely no ordinary consumer will notice or care anything google does that is truly impactful to this phone experience ends up on ios or google ports it into into it via an app what we're seeing is a result of google having absolutely no fundamental stake in the business of selling phones their business is built upon platform agnostic model and google would have to compromise that for pixel truly to succeed fat chance if google wants to sell phones they'd limit unlimited photos back up to pixels only assistant would be pixel only gboard would be pixel Mm -hmm. only there'd be an exclusive all-in-one youtube youtube music drive nest subscription for pixel only and none of this is ever happening no and he's absolutely not going to it won't because google's model is not built on that and so what's happening now this is why this the phone is so weird and irritating to people like us because you see the iPhone doing these things like, why is it succeeding? It's exactly that. That's exactly why it's succeeding. Google is a horizontally oriented company. They, And it's the, the reason I love Google services. I can take them with me to whatever hardware I want to use it on. Right. I'm OnePlus 17, great. I've got all my Google services. I'm going. I need, like... I can't get a hold of a Pixelbook. I can't get a hold of a Chromebook in general. The only thing I've got, wherever it is I am, is a Windows machine. And you get to use it, and that's the only thing you've got. Well, guess what? I okay. can Google it up. You know, if I've got a MacBook, I can Google it up. I've got my iPad Googled up. I've hidden and removed every Apple thing from it. I don't use any of their software services, and I don't have to because Google's stuff goes with me anywhere. That's the reason people use their stuff. And based on that, it is impossible for them to build the same type of platform that iPhone currently has because they can't limit it all their googly stuff to just their phone. They have to share it with everybody. And I think that's a benefit. It's I think okay. that's, that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. It's the okay. problem is that Google has yet to just grasp hold of the fact that this is reality. Your Pixel phones are never going to work as premium phones because there's Samsung, there's OnePlus, there's Huawei, there's Oppo, there's all these other companies that have much wider scale than you do, that have the ability to make better hardware than you do, that have the ability to make it at a cheaper price than you do. And so at the end of the day, you're always going to be undercut by your quote-unquote competitors. And Google, I don't even think, sees them as competitors. They're just other OEMs that make Android phones. Yeah, they're partners to them because right. they're using they're Android. using the product. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, Google needs to just suck up the fact that they have to make more affordable phones. And I think they've done that with the 3A and 3A XL, hopefully with the 4A and 4A XL, but that thing continues. It's just when did those phones get to take the the limelight at the keynote? When they announce everything else, why not? Why not? Just the standard take Pixel the Pixel 4. Book Go yeah. approach. Just yeah. make yeah. a good a phone. Good, I mean, we, just we, a good device. Android. We, we kind of saw that with the iPhone. The standard iPhone 11 is the that's the one everybody the, should buy. The, the budget one that was the I don't I don't remember the what was that version the XR, it was the XR or whatever or 10R. yeah yeah, yeah they, they just year. took that and said look this is this is the standard one just right. go buy this for most yep. people and we're right. not going to put a weird name on it because yeah. we don't want people to feel like oh I'm buying the cheap one yeah you know we're not going to put weird just, colors yeah. on it just 
package it up in a way that it's this is the standard iPhone. If you want some extra features that the Pro version or or, or, or whatever Max version, <laughs> and, and Google could do that too. Like instead of doing A and A this and da da. The the Here's Pixel the 3a like if yeah. we erased everything like the Pixel 3a should be the Pixel 3 right the and the Pixel 3 XL and then Pixel 3 Pro and then right. Pixel 3 Pro XL or something like something, something like similar to that where it doesn't feel like oh I went and bought the budget one you know it's but here's the difference Apple put all the best internals into the iPhone 11 the they put one. the same cameras in yeah. the iPhone 11 right. the only place that they kind of came down was a screen and they came down a lot the screen is not great on the the iPhone 11. It's really low resolution compared to modern smartphones. It's LCD, so you don't get any of the OLED benefits. So there's there's considerable savings in their screen. But other than that, they they took one camera out. Yeah, and that's it. And so I don't know how they're. I think Apple's margins are so wide because they've been in this. They got these massive supply chains. Google just doesn't. As a hardware company, they don't. But their OEMs and partners do. And so, you know, figuring out where they fit into this whole mix, I just don't think it's in the Note 10, Samsung Galaxy S10. Like, they need to fit more where OnePlus is. They need to figure if OnePlus is a little company, if they can figure out how to make phones this good at this price and still, they're still making money. Like, Google doesn't have to make money off their phones. The, the underlying operating just system that sells the, the ads <laughs> is what's making them money. So I, I, I wonder how long it's going to take Google to see like the 3A and 3A XL model of making phones for them is where they, that's where they need to be. They don't have to be Apple. Right. They don't have to beat <clears throat> Apple at this because they're, it's completely different business models. Like it just is. And I, I don't know. I'm hopeful that the way the 3A and 3A XL have sold help. I'm hopeful that the, the pixel book go sells and they start seeing like we don't have to compete with them. The the the, the high end super premium. And maybe maybe they just need to see like we we can't compete with them in our business model. We can't. It's not like oh if you just try harder or advertise better. No. Like you can't compete with them. And so stop trying because it's slowly showing. Like everybody's seeing it now. I think the Pixel Four is clearly like this is them trying. And it's starting to look kind of, kind of sad, and and so it's like, why don't you just stop doing that and go, put more effort into figuring out how you can make an affordable phone that everyone and their brother could recommend and buy. Like I think that's a better way. And so yeah, there you go. Hot take. I am pretty sure that was not a hot take, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go with it. So, uh, folks, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, I, I know we said we were gonna take a break, but we didn't. So uh, hopefully, I'm just gonna be able to edit in a, a cut in post here. So. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find more information over at uh, chromeunbox.com. We'll include show notes down in the description and everything. So until next week, we'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.